Finding the right mentor can make all the difference in your research journey. But what if you don't have one? Look no further than Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast that offers curated advice from experienced researchers on lab skills, techniques, and career progression. With short, easy-to-access episodes, you can get the help you need to succeed in the lab. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for mentors at your bench site in your podcast app to subscribe and get help and advice from seasoned scientists. Welcome to Listen In, a Bite Size Bio podcast series allowing you to access the best of Bite Size Bio webinars wherever you are. Hello, this is Adam Paulson welcoming you to this bite-sized bio webinar. Today's presentation is titled Five Principles for Creating a Rewarding Career Inside or Outside of the Lab and is being presented by Nick Oswald, founder and director of Bite-sized Bio. Nick moved into industry after obtaining his PhD from the Dundee University School of Life Sciences. His time at the lab bench inspired him to move into writing and publishing to help researchers share their professional know-how to make science more efficient, more successful and more enjoyable. Nick founded BiteSizeBio.com in 2007 and began writing about laboratory techniques, soft skills and life skills gleaned from his experience in the lab. As researchers found his articles on Google, some came forward to contribute their expertise and so began the growth of BiteSizeBio into the huge and vibrant knowledge-sharing community it is today. BiteSizeBio became Nick's full-time job in 2010, but before that, while growing BiteSizeBio, he cut his teeth in publishing and marketing with stints of work with Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory Press and the journal Neuroendocrinology. As always, we will have a question and answer session after the presentation, so please type any questions that you have into the questions box which appears on the bottom of your screen, and I'll put them to Nick at the end. The recording of the webinar will be available at bitesizebio.com within 48 hours of this broadcast. So now, over to you, Nick, for the presentation. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and everyone who's joining us on the On Demand. So the reason for this talk, uh, the reason I put this talk together, is that if you look around you in science, it's no secret that many people in science are not where they want to be. Uh, I was like that. Um, I was where I, I was not exactly where I wanted to be when I was uh, in my um, research career. At the moment, I'm not 100% where I want to be either. I'm still moving in a direction. Um, and but I think that everyone should uh, be able to, or is definitely has the opportunity to carve carve out the career, the life, the you know that invigorates them, that fulfills them. It's not a one-step process. It's a sculpting process. Um, it's something that you sort of take on for life and you should always be trying to make it better. That's the way I see it anyway. And really, going for a career that's fulfilling and invigorating is why we start science, I think, in general, most of us anyway. But the professional career that's mapped out in front of us when we uh, when we uh, start that and, the, and the, also often the compulsion to follow that career is so strong that that's what um, gets a lot of people stuck where they don't want to be. So... What this talk is not is not a, a quick fix on how to um, carve out the career of your dreams. It's a set of principles um, that I boiled down from what I've done um, in my career. You know, whether by luck or design. Looking back, I can see what I've done and the patterns that I've applied um, to to help me to move to better places along the way, um, and things that I've seen work for others as well. 
Um, so this is, you know, it's a set of ideas and principles that I hope can add to the career advice and your own common sense and your own ideas um, that will, you know, to help you to, to move along, uh, to your, move your career on to ever better things. There's no silver bullet, but uh, this, I hope this will, uh, this will help you to, to keep moving along. So if you look at scientists, if you look at scientists in the lab and um, you know the people you know and the, the people you're working with and perhaps even yourself, you can see patterns cropping up all the time. Opportunities to move on to new things that are better for each individual. We all have, we all have those opportunities all the time, but we block ourselves from, um, we stop ourselves from taking the steps that can help us to grab, that can allow us to grab those opportunities. So I would call those the common career roadblocks for scientists. They're not completely unique to scientists, but these are kind of slanted in the, you know, these particular roadblocks blocks I'm going to talk about here are kind of slanted towards, you know, they're a bit more biased towards uh, what, uh, what I see happening for scientists. The first career roadblock is, is a big one for scientists I see, is fixing on the default career path. That's because, the, as I mentioned earlier, the de default career path is so compelling that uh, it's, it feels safe and it feels familiar and it can be really difficult to get away from it unless you make a conscious choice to step away from it. Also the conscious choice to you know, take the time to realize that uh, the path you're on is not the right one for you and take a step away from it. Another career road roadblock is seeing transferable skills as your only or primary value. As people realize that we kind of, there are more scientists than, than um, jobs at the top of the, the pyramid, or, or as that becomes increasingly the case, people, it tends to be uh, people in universities talk about um, transferable skills and how wonderful they are and how they will get you a job and so on. To me, those are kind of a red herring. It's great to have skills, but they're not the reason you should be moving to a new job. They're not what should decide you, what, they're not what should decide your next step. Skills can be acquired and dropped, relearned, learn, you know, you can go to courses or you can do on-the-job learning. Skills are kind of, um, you know, are relatively easy to acquire. What's, what should be driving the direction of your career is your passion and your, um, your fulfillment. Allowing qualifications to weigh you down is another one, so you get a kind of set I mean, a kudos when you're a lab scientist, you have a PhD, you have X number of um, years experience in the lab, and sometimes moving in a direction that works better for you involves dropping all or some of that and moving into something where you're a bit of a newbie again. And um, a lot of people, for a lot of people, that's a difficult step to take. It was for me, um, and but staying in a position just because uh, your ego thrives on, the, on the, the kudos you get from being in that position is, not a, is a perfect recipe for getting yourself stuck in a place that you don't want to be. Uh, another career roadblock is pl placing huge importance on your next career move. So as I see it, in order to move to, um, onto, bigger, onto better and better things for yourself, then you have to be agile and you have to be prepared to move. You have to be prepared to take whatever moves seem right to you uh, at, at each juncture, and that means it's that you have to realise that you know whatever you whatever steps you take, nothing is set in stone. No decision is irreversible. You you just if you can approach uh, each move, each opportunity that comes for you, comes up for you, um, with kind of 
a lightness, if you like, instead of making it some heavy decision, then it, that helps you to stay supple and agile in, the, in forging out this path for yourself. Again, that's, this is kind of related, clinging to security and familiarity. So again, the, career, the default career pathway seems secure, seems familiar. The job you're in seems familiar, probably seems secure. You know, you have funding for the next couple of years or whatever. But security is an illusion and familiarity is completely overrated, especially when it comes to you um, keeping your eyes open and moving on to uh, in directions that you want to move in. These two things are, uh, are again, completely overrated and it's, uh, it's, they're not reasons for staying in the place that you're in. If you cling to them too much, then again, that blocks you in places where you don't want to be. Another one is uh, following people's advice or path. So there's all too many people, or so many people, including me, who want to give you advice on what to do next in your career or what you should be doing next, or where you should be going, or what would be a good move for you. The only person who really knows what is good for you is you. So while it's good to take on board people's advice, really that what, what you should do with, um, with advice like this or any other you receive is to not just, to, not just take it on, but kind of test it and see if it works for you. And if it doesn't work, then discard it. And if it does work, then add it to your own collection of principles that you use to, um, to guide your path. But don't just follow other people's advice, um, you know, uh, as wrote. Otherwise, you get stuck in places you don't want to be. So put all those together, things like fixating on the default career path, seeing transferable skills as your only or primary value, allowing your qualifications to weigh you down, placing huge importance on your next career move, following other people's advice or path. All of those things create inertia. They keep you where you are and they lock you into places where you don't want to be. And they also remove the, your focus on what matters to you. And that should be your, what matters to you should be your primary guiding light. Not what feels uh, safest, not what feels, not what everyone else is doing, not what um, you know you think will pay the, the your bills next month. None of those are as important as what matters to you. If you keep moving in the direction in the direction of what matters to you, then that's what gets you into a place where you are really going to be truly fulfilled. So that those are the roadblocks that I see and the principles that I'll be talking about. I, I, I think in the original title it said five principles and that's expanded over the last couple of weeks to seven. So, um, but those principles are aimed at removing these, these roadblocks. It's given a set of basic tools that can, or ideas that can be used to remove these roadblocks that, uh, that trap so many people. So principle number one is don't just follow a career path, consciously choose one. So the reason there's a picture of an airplane here is that, as I see it, the, the scientific career path, when you, um, you arrive at a university as an impressionable 17, 18 year old normally, um, to study science in your bachelors, this career path quickly lights up ahead of you like a runway. And it seems all planned out, it seems all available to you, and it seems like that this is the way you want to go. And initially, it may well be the way you want to go, but it might not, um, it, it, 
that might not be the case uh, one, two, three, four, five, ten years down the line. So you have to consciously choose your career path rather than just choosing the one that was initially mapped out in front of you. Uh, it's especially a problem for science because that career path is so powerful. So this is what my career path looked like. This is what I was in my mind when I started my undergrad degree. So I was going to do a bachelor's there first, then do a PhD, then a few postdocs, start my own lab, then start my own company, and that was going to play a fairly major part in saving the world. That was that was uh, how I saw it as a kind of 18, 19, 20-year-old. I quickly went off that path because I realized that it wasn't for me, but, and I actually got stuck on another part, but I'll, I'll tell you about that later. Um, I quickly went off that path, um, but so many people that I know, and probably you know, and perhaps even you, are stuck on that path just because they didn't want, they, they didn't consciously make a decision to leave it even though, though they knew it was, wasn't for them. And all sorts of reasons that I talked about there for staying on that path. It's what others want, you know, parents or colleagues or um, supervisors. They, you know, why else would you want to, you know, they, they, they'd say, why else would you want to, to, why would you want to leave science? It's great, I love it, but you might not love it, you know, so, so if you don't love it, then you need to get off there. If it seems safe and familiar, again, that's, you've, that's as an impressionable, an impressionable 18, 19 year old, that's been your path, but as a 30, 28 year old, 38 year old, it doesn't mean that that is the, just because you're, it seems safe and, and you're familiar with it, it doesn't seem, it doesn't mean that that is the best place for you to be. Um, and also you look around you, everyone else seems fairly happy in the lab, so why shouldn't you stay in the lab even though it's not happy for you, uh, not great for you? Those are the sort of things that keep people stuck on that career path. And the antidote is to make conscious career decisions. And the, the, way, um, the way to do that, I suggest, is principle number two. And that is to regularly pause and reorientate yourself to what I would call your personal magnetic north. So that second word there, pause, is not something that scientists do very often because life is completely crazy. There's so much to do. There's always, you're always trying to cram in more work, more reading, more this, more that, late hours at the lab and so on. And that can really contribute towards um, trapping you in a decision where you, you in, in a place where you don't make conscious decisions. Um, so setting aside time to regularly pause and reorientate yourself towards your magnetic north is absolutely essential. You really need to think about what you want. Um, the best way to do that is to, on a relatively regular basis, well, or, or a very regular basis, take time out on a, on a relatively regular basis every few months or whatever, or even once a year, um, take some real time out to get away on your own like this at the beach in nature somewhere or whatever where you're not doing anything except pondering are you pointing in the right direction is your compass pointing in, in the direction that you want to go in if it isn't then what how you know then um, set a different direction for yourself and then the other principles talk about um, how to move in that direction but this is about deciding whether you're facing in the right direction and if not how you're going what direction you want to move in so some things to think about you can so as I said there you could take like a whole day off but you can also take five minutes every day or you know whatever um, to stop and think about what you uh, what you want and some 
good questions for getting perspectives are, you know, what do you most care about? What gets you excited? A really good one is what do you want to be remembered for? Because that takes you into the future, um, you know, and looking back on your your life, you know, your as yet on. Um, You've not you've not got there yet, but you're looking back on uh, as if you're at the end of your life, and what would you like to be remembered for? And that's that's quite a that gives you a lot of clarity on on what matters to you, and then you can think about whether what you're doing now um, is fulfilling that. If not, then what could you do that would fulfill that? And a really good um, a really good version of that question: What do you want to be remembered for? Um, comes in this thing: the deathbed question. And the deathbed question is, uh, was your life a complete success? If not, what would you, what would be the things you'd wish had happened to make it a success? That is a very powerful question, and it's something you can give a lot of thought about, thought to, um, and it will come give you a lot of uh, clarity. And that question comes from this book that that guy happens to be holding there. The book is called Five Wishes, and uh, it's by a guy called Gay Hendricks. If you have a read of that, that really delves deep into this idea of, you know, of taking a perspective on your life, and um, and making sure that you're doing what you want to do. So if you're if you're finding it hard to take time out and to or to to find your magnetic north, if you like, then I would recommend reading that book. It's quite a short book, but it's very powerful. So you set your magnetic north. You know you choose which direction you want to you want to go in, and then uh, the thing that will keep you moving that in that direction is a series of small decisions, small choices you have uh, that are going to appear to you. Um, to me, a career path looks you know something like this. It, I used to think that a career path was you know you just it was it was massive steps. It was uh, you know. It was the jobs. It was changing jobs. Uh, you know, you get to the end of one lab, and then you say, or one postdoc contract, and then you say, right now I'm going to do this, and it's a big, you know, five, three, five-year chunk of your life, and then the next chunk. But it's not really like that. There's there's lots of small opportunities that come up to to change in all sorts of different directions, and it's the combination of those choices that um, that get you either in the direction you want you you want to be or that you don't want to be. So. If um, kind of a hand-waving uh, description of that is if you were if the default default pathway was X, the red X and the your desired pathway was the green X, then this you know and this was your pathway, then you know you can see all the sort of it, it is like a maze, all sort of individual choices that you can um, that culminate in you reaching that that uh, desired destination. The key to being able to navigate something like that is that you can't do it all in one go. It's impossible to find your, your way through a maze like that, if you like. But if you keep your eyes and imagination open, then you'll see the opportunities to move in your desired direction are absolutely everywhere. I'll talk about um, one uh, such fork in the pathway um, that I took that uh, led, to lot, you know, led to lots of um, opportunities. Um, for me, but you know, if you are, if you set your magnetic north away from you want where you want to be, say you're in the lab and you want to move into, I don't know, opening a petting zoo, right? Then you, there are 
small things you can do to move in that direction and those opportunities that if you take them then they will lead to other things so you could you know there's a fork in the pathway do you want to volunteer a petting zoo that someone else is running you know if you and you can take that opportunity or or not and if you take it then it, once you're in the sort of petting zoo sort of arena then all sorts of other uh, all sorts of other opportunities open them up to, up to your up to you and you can um, you can choose whether or not you take those opportunities and so on and then that's how the maze works as I see it it's not huge steps it's small steps sometimes the steps are huge but mostly what happens is that these small steps are the important ones whether you you know you, you email someone uh, of in a position that you know to get more information about a position that you want to be in or you know you you talk to someone at a conference or you attend an interview or you submit an article to somewhere or or whatever you all of these opportunities are things that arise for you that are arising all of the time and uh, it's you have to keep your eyes open to take them and doing things like the you know, the the negative aspects that I talked about at the beginning the clinging to familiarity um, you know, not lifting your head up and making a conscious decision, those all culminate in you missing these these branches in the pathway. Um, so this is why it's important to wake up and look around and decide which direction you want to go in and then take the opportunities to move in that direction as they come to you. As you're going down that pathway, so imagine the maze uh, that I showed in a couple of slides ago, the most important thing to do is to keep moving. And that means you've set your direction, you set, you know, you set your magnetic north and you just need to keep moving in the direction how, in any way that you possibly can. And, um, you know, again, that's looking for small opportunities that come up, large opportunities, just doing everything. And sometimes it means just getting your head down and working and um, moving in to keep moving in the direction. I'll talk again, I'll talk about my career path and how I've, you know, where some of these things applied. Um, so hopefully that'll make that a bit clearer. But again, set the direction, look for opportunities, keep moving. That's the sort of um, the, the the sort of mantra, if you like. Sometimes keeping moving means just moving in really small baby steps. You know, for me in um, writing bite size and um, starting up bite size bio, so once I'd kind of made a, a choice to um, to move in the direction of starting my own blog, as it was then. The baby steps were to just write an article every single day, and that just involved getting my head down and doing it, and realize, you know, and it was inspiring to do that because I was moving in the direction I wanted. And this is how this this whole thing works. If you're pointed in the direction that you're, if you're orientated in the direction that you want to, uh, you know, that's that's really exciting you. It's much easier to get down and do that diligent work when it's needed. So sometimes when you you have to keep moving in baby steps, but and often when you move forward you have no idea where your instinct is leading you. So your instinct is really what is driving, you know, if you really uh, drill down to it, what is really driving your, or, or um, selecting, if you like, your magnetic north is your instinct for what is going to excite you. Um, if you're following that, you, you know you're moving in the direct, right direction, but often it's not at all clear where that is going to lead you. Again, if you just take the bite-sized bio example, I started Bite Size Bio. I knew that instinctively that was the decision, that was the direction I wanted to move in. I was writing the articles, but I had no idea what was going to happen. 
but I kept going and kept going and opportunities opened up from there. The fog clears and then you see the new opportunities and then you have an opportunity, then you, you, um, you choose which opportunities you would like to take. So in all of this, what you're doing all the time is pivoting. You are, um, you know, you're moving in one direction. You, you say, this is not really taking me in the direction of my, my fulfillment, so I'm going to have to take a pivot away towards um, petting zoo ownership or whatever. And again, that is going to mean that skills are going to have to be dropped. Um, and your ego hates that. Your ego um, really... Um, like skills because it's like a you know it's like this list on your CV or whatever that, that looks great it looks like you've done loads of stuff and you have but you don't you, they are not something that you should they can also be baggage put it that way they can also be baggage that stops you from moving so as you move from um, from research scientist to petting zoo owner you're gonna to have to drop a ton of stuff and you it's that's going to be a dent in your pride. You have to be prepared to um, to do that. Also, a big thing for me in all this, in moving away from the bench, was not being an actual scientist anymore. I quite liked being a scientist. I quite liked the fact that uh, my friends and family thought it was cool that I was, uh, um, you know, doing research and whatnot. And uh, I quite liked just just being in the game. But I knew that it wasn't really the thing for me. So I had to kind of get over that and and make the jump. So it's these kind of things that just keep you stuck where you are if you don't consciously think about it and say, you know what, who cares if who cares if I'm going to take a debt in pride in my pride? This is much more important for me. Um, so you have to be prepared to drop that those skills and um, and uh, ornaments of pride, if you like. <laughs> this one comes from the, of course, the. Um, one of those last roadblocks I talked about um, when you know about all of the people who want to advise you on uh, in which direction you should go in your career and everything else in your life of course um, you only you know you know what's good for you if you don't if even if I love cheese supreme Doritos it doesn't mean that you do so um, you know I can say that they're great but you have to decide uh, for yourself um, so it's really about taking responsibility I guess for your um, for your direction, a lot of this is about taking responsibility um, and um, taking a grip and steering your career in the direction that you want. Um, and you know, as you do that, and as you move towards things that are increasingly fulfilling for you, then you just get more and more energy to keep up that curve. Um, so this is a really a really critical one. Number seven is about fear. And fear is, is um, you know, when you, when you zoom out on the whole sort of uh, problem of people being stuck in careers that they don't want to be in, fear is probably the biggest factor. It's, it's, if you scrape back the, you know, if you scrape back the sort of labels underneath it all, it's fear. People are scared to move or scared to take jumps or scared to be seen as doing something that's not following the crowd or whatever. Um, for me, I just uh, as you as I go through this process of trying to you know of trying try to consciously make my uh, my job and my career and my life more and more fulfilled, I just see more and more things where I'm allowing myself I'm allowing fear to hold myself back, and the way to 
to get through fear that I've seen so far anyway is to just go straight through it. If you go straight through it and just don't listen, then um, then good things happen and generally there's a blue sky on the other side of that what seemed like um, like an impenetrable fear. Fear you know has its place but it's not really your friend as, as I in my experience generally it is, um, it is keeping you in the mundane and it's stopping you from um, from fulfilling your, your dreams if you like. So if fear is what is holding you back, and if you really think about it, it probably is that, then just go straight through it. Just just hit the accelerator and go for it. This guy knows a lot about fear. So this guy, Mandela, Nelson Mandela, this quote that he's giving here, he's basically saying that bravery is not about um, not feeling fear. Everyone gets scared. But bravery is the one who conquer. Uh, brave people are the ones who conquer the fear and just go for it. You don't allow it to um, to influence your uh, your behaviours. Oh, this is another guy who has a, who has a, a good anecdote that I think really resonates here. So this is from the Humans of New York project. You've maybe seen it on Facebook and so on. And what these guys are doing is they go around and they interview people on the streets of New York and they just get really human stories and insights and you know some great stuff comes out there and this I love this one this guy uh, they talked they interviewed him on the street and asked him what he does and so on and he says I've got a small self-operated gold mine on the middle fork of the Feather River in California and you might think how you know I would how, how would you possibly get into that um, you know he, he, he used to work in New York uh, in a good job, and now he now he does this thing, right? So how has he made that massive tran ca uh, career transition and geographical transition as well? So that's what they asked him, and he said, "This." He just did it, and sometimes that's all it takes is the is to make the choice to say, "I'm going to go for it," and uh, let go. Uh, you know, not listen to my fear, not listen to the the norm. I'm going to go for what I know. I want to do. So, this is my this is what I'll do now is I'll go through my career path as it is so far, and um, and to try and just give you an idea of where I applied some of those principles at least. I'm not saying it was uh, all planned, and it's certainly not perfect. Definitely not. I'll actually I'll show you the bits where I've done. I haven't done these things, and it's cost me. Um, but anyway, this is this is how it looked for me. So I started as a, oh yeah, I started at the bachelor's, okay. And as I said, that that thing in light grey is the original career path that I had in mind um, when I started my bachelor's. And then I went all the way through to the end of my PhD, which was kind of in a, in a lot of ways the first mistake because I. Um, I got about six weeks into my PhD, so that's you know your PhD is your first sort of taste of real kind of um, real research, real life as a researcher. You know what's actually like to do the job instead of just writing about it or doing it in structured labs and little research projects and so on. About six weeks into my PhD, I realised that this was not for me; that I did not want to be a researcher. And um, you know, on the on the on a wide level, I kind of still stay. I stayed in uh, research for about 
10 years or so, almost 10 years after that, that was not making conscious, I did try and make some conscious decisions, but it wasn't conscious enough. It really, I really got stuck in a hole for a long time um, by, by allowing myself to just stick to the norms. Um, so I've completed my PhD. I've got no idea how I, I uh, uh, actually got a PhD at the end of that thing, but somehow it happened. Um, and at the end of the PhD, my conclusion was that I didn't want to stay in academic research. So that, that was that career path gone. But that was at least a conscious decision. At least I said, at least I, um, I stopped and took the time to say to myself, I want to move. And my bright idea was, was to move into biotech uh, as a biotech researcher. Um, the reason being that I thought that the, the sort of more short, sharp projects would be, um, would be uh, more, uh, more kind of in line with my personality, which it probably is, but still it wasn't nowhere near far enough. But anyway, I took the step off the career path into, into biotech, so I got a, a job in a small biotech company, which was actually really cool, that little company, but it wasn't very heavily research. Um, it wasn't very much at the bench or anything like that. Um, so that, I was kind of okay with that. I stayed in there for a couple of years and I went in a straight line after that. I got another job in biotech, this time much more heavily research orientated. And again, about six weeks into that, I realized, look, you know what? I'm not a researcher here. I'm not good at research in particular. I'm not particularly brilliant at it. I don't particularly enjoy it. And in fact, it stresses me out. And there's things I love doing a lot more than research. So I, f I realized that about six, six weeks into the job and it took me about another seven years to, um, to actually leave. So, um, yeah, so that's not very conscious decision making. Again, what I tried to do in that, I did, I did try to uh, move to other jobs. I did apply for other jobs and so on while I was in that, um, in, in that company, but I was just trying to move to more of the same. I was staying in the bubble, if you like. I was still still wanting to be a scientist, even though I didn't like research for some reason. I still um, wanted to be in biotech. I was kind of thinking, you know, a sidestep, that, that'll solve it. But in my heart of hearts, I knew that that wasn't the right direction for me. Um, I wasn't really taking the time to listen to my gut and, say, and figure out what I really wanted to do. And um, so towards the end of my stint there, so say about five years in, I started getting a really strong inclination that what I wanted to do was to teach people. That's what I was doing in the lab, or at least empower people to, to, to do better research. That's what I really loved doing in the lab. I loved, um, you know, we were doing a lot of heavy molecular biology in the lab that I was in there. And I loved um, diving into the techniques and how they worked and, um, and making it, you know, coming up with, you know, information and ideas and procedures that made it easier for other people. So I was, I wanted to be more of an, an enabler and that really excited me doing that. Um, so that gave me my first sort of direction, kind of magnetic north inclination, if you like. I didn't, call, I didn't say, I'm going to stop and I, now I'm going to um, figure out what my magnetic north is. I, um, I just kind of fell into that idea and um, started pursuing it. But if I was going to tell, go back in time and tell myself what to do, I'd say on the sixth week of being in that job, stop, take some time and think about what you really want. Anyway, what happened was five years in, I started Bite Size Bio. 
So that came out because I realised, you know, I love this teaching thing, I love writing, um, and then the blog blogosphere kind of just had just taken off at that time. So I realised there was an opportunity here to just start something um, where at least I was doing something I loved. I felt like that uh, I was, you know, I could turn the wheel at my job, but I really just wanted to be doing something that I loved doing, and that's what Bite Size Bio started off as. So if you think back to that um, principle, I think it was number three or, or so, where it was the um, you know that fork in the pathway. This was the first fork in the pathway. Um, you know, I had my magnetic north. I knew the direction I wanted to go in. An opportunity came up where, it, even even though it was a small one, it was just hey, you could start a blog, and I decided to do it. So that was that. I took another pathway, um, even though I was still walking on the same pathway. I put one leg in each pathway or something like that. But um, the that opportunity came up, and I took it, and then. Um, I took the baby steps, as I said. I, I committed to that pathway. That's another important thing. Actually, that's probably another. That's probably principle number eight is to commit. So I'll add that later. Um, I committed to the pathway, and I, and I decided that I would write something every day, um, uh, a, a new article every day. So I did that by getting. I had a small child at the time, so I just made room. I was committed. I made room. I got up very early in the morning to write for a couple of hours before I went to work. Um, and I did that for a couple of years, and that's really what launched the seed of Bite Size Bio. Um, again, if you think back to that um, picture in, in number three of the guy standing on the foggy road, that was most definitely me at the start of that. I knew I was pointing in the direction I wanted to go, in, and that was exciting enough. I was committed to that road. I kept taking action, but it was foggy, and I had no idea what was going to come from it, but I just kept going. And then opportunities started to arise from that. So the first opportunity that came from Bite Size Bio was that I actually managed to make the long-awaited move away from the bench um, and into um, something that more closely resembled what I wanted to be doing. And that was that I got a job as a, a journal editor um, <clears throat> at a small journal. And I, I got that job. If I just come, come out pitched up as a researcher um, applying for that job, I didn't have much to differentiate myself. But because I had bite-sized bio in my pocket, you know, I could say, you know, this is what I'm doing. I've managed to attract a small audience, which I had at that time, and uh, I know a little bit about, you know, self-taught about the online world, and they were looking to increase their online presence. Then that was enough to get me that job. So you can see that, you know, I, I decide I want to move in the direction of uh, of writing and teaching, something like that. I take that um, that path. I consciously choose to take that path. I keep commit to the path, keep walking down it, and then the fog clears, and I get clears to an extent anyway, and I get an opportunity like like that. I stayed in that job for a couple of years, and out of that um, bite size bio, another opportunity came up, and that was that I got a, a, a position, a freelance position with. Um, Cold Spring Harbour Laboratory Press to help them with their marketing again for the same reason because I'd been, um, not, you know, playing around in this mysterious world of online, you know, reaching out to scientists and helping them online, and they wanted me to help them to 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 do that. That got me a a, a job with them. The fact the fact that I started with Bite Size Bio. So again, if you go back to that initial fork in the path where I had no idea what was going to come out of it, then. Um, even just starting this thing as a sideline allowed me to make a big transition away from the lab and into stuff that was more interesting for me. But journal editor and marketing consultant were not what I really wanted to do. But what they did do was they allowed me to um, 
you know, to gradually wean myself away from working for other people and um, to, to gradually increase bite-sized bio to the, um, to the stage where it, um, it, was, it could sustain me, um, at least to some extent, enough to be able to, um, to make it my full-time occupation. So I did that. I started a company called Science Squared and um, Bite Size Bio was a part of that. It's the major, still the major part of it, but there are hopefully other things going to come up there. And then, obviously, just like in my first default career pathway, Science Squared is going to play a major part in saving the world. But that's, um, so that's how it worked for me. If you look back, there are, there are lots of examples of um, how uh, those principles were, uh, were um, applied here. Um, there are lots of nuances that probably I can't remember or can't, you know, haven't explained here. But if you go back to the bottom line, if I'd stayed and allowed those career blocks to um, keep me on the original path that I was on, then, or even in the, you know, my small diversion in the biotech, then I could still be there and not doing what I really love. And in saying that I'm, you know, I started Science Squared and Bite Size Bio and everything's hearts and flowers, it's, n it's not like that at all. I'm in a position where I'm way happier than I ever was in biotech. It's still not where I want it to be. I'm still looking for opportunities to move in the direction that I want to be. I'm still thinking of, is this fulfilling me? Is there something more that I can be doing? Even it can just be, you know, if you're taking the compass analogy, it can just be a one or two degree turn um, that helps to make it a bit better, a bit more fulfilling for me. And it's the same in your your, for, for your situation, whatever it is, um, it might be that you need to make some big, um, you know, some big direction changes. It might just be that the, the job that you're in is, is, you know, is pretty good for you. It's pretty close to where you want to be. But within that job, you can make some small um, changes of direction um, that will help you. And, um, you know, it's all about just staying conscious and making conscious, uh, uh, taking conscious action. So those are the seven. Um, to which I'm going to add a number eight to of commit to whatever path you take. Anyway, so don't just follow a career path. Choose one. Just make sure, that just means just make sure that whatever you're doing, you're not just putting your head down and walking in the same direction like a sheep and not um, not not um, taking stock and changing direction in in, um, in the direction of what matters to you. Number two, regularly inspect, reset your compass in the direction of what excites, inspires, and invigorates you. So notice that is not what pays the bills, what um, you know, what other people think, what your spouse, parents, or PI thinks. It's what excites, inspires, and invigorates you, and everything else comes from that. Number three is about looking for the opportunities. Once you set that direction, it's look for the opportunities to move in that direction. They're everywhere. They can be very small. They can be um, they can be big. They can be small. Uh, they they might be quite unexpected things, but just never let an opportunity pass you by. Uh, number four is keep moving. So as you move in the direction, you're always looking for opportunities. Just keep doing things that move you in the direction that you want to go in, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, whether you can see where it's going to lead you or not. Just keep moving and be be guided by that instinct that is moving towards what is in, uh, inspiring you. Uh, number five is drop skills when you don't need them. Forget the ego. Get over that sort of, um, you know, that sort of want to wear the scientist badge. It doesn't, it's not really all it's cracked up to be. Um, unless you want to be a scientist, then it's cool. Um, and number six is 
make your own choices. So uh, again, that kind of relates to number two, where you are, um, you know, what works for other people does not necessarily work for you, uh, especially when you're looking at something as personal as inspiration and uh, excitement. And number seven is take the brakes off. Just go straight through fear whenever it arises. Look for it. Look for when it is holding you back. And uh, and when you see fear, it's an opportunity to go straight through and move to a new level of blue skies, if you like. All of those things are geared towards four basic, um, raising four basic um, sort of qualities in yourself or, or uh, activities. You know, outlooks and that is to raise your awareness of where you are and where you want to be, to raise your perspective on what's important and what's not, to take action to move in the direction that you want to move in and to be brave in doing so and not let fear hold you back. All of those seven things, um, they, uh, they boil down to these four things that, that will, if you keep if you keep raising levels of awareness, perspective, action and bravery in your own career path, you know, the, the career path that you're pursuing, then almost by default you can't, uh, you can't fail to uh, keep making it better and better for yourself. That's in my experience. So I'll finish up with a, a quote from this guy who's a scientist who has a really pretty wonderful career for himself. It's never give up on what you really want to do. The person with big dreams is more powerful than the one with all the facts from Einstein. So you can find me uh, on any, in any of these ways. ways my um, email address there. And if you Google Nicozel, then you get my LinkedIn and, and whatnot. Um, you can find me there. So if you, uh, if you have any questions, then I will be happy to take them. Well, thanks, Nick. Uh, that was an excellent presentation with a, a lot of uh, valuable insight there, and I hope the, the audience has in, enjoyed it. Uh, we have quite a few questions from the, the audience. Uh, if anyone else has a question, then uh, please feel free to post it into the Q&A uh, box, which appears on the bottom of your screen, and we'll try and get through as many as we can. Um, so, and uh, Nick, the first question, uh, this one comes from Paul, who says, um, I'm in the middle of grad school and I'm struggling uh, with the pressure. I know I can't quit my PhD. What can I do? The job of my dreams seems a distant prospect. Sounds familiar. <laughs> um, I, I would, I, it sounds like, Paul, like you have a choice to make there. Um, it's, are you walking through the fog to something you want to do? in which case keep going, or is this not for you, in which case look for another direction. And that could include the much tabooed thing of, of quitting your PhD, may or may not. It's, it's in, nobody can answer that except you. Uh, and no one should uh, try and answer that except you. Um, but that, that's the basic fundamental um, uh, thing you have to discern, I would say, in that position is, is this just now tough? a tough part of the road that you're on to the place that you want to go, in which case keep going, or do you need to change direction, in which case do whatever you need to do. Thanks, uh, thanks Nick. Um, and the, the, so the next question is from Amy, who says, I'd actually like to move into a completely different career in horticulture. Any advice on making that transition? Uh, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's um, 
So you've made you've you've made yourself aware that you want to change direction, and that's quite a drastic change compared to what you've um, the path that you've put yourself on. Uh, so it's, you're not going to take many of your skills; you'll take some of them um, from science into into that industry. Uh, you, you sound like you've made the choice that you want to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. You sound like you're willing to make the sacrifices in terms of, okay, I'm walking away from the qualifications and stuff that I've uh, already um, gained. So now the question is, how do you make a step in the direction of that career? And th- that is, you know, it's going to be different for every career path. You know, I, I explained mine was just starting writing a blog. I want to get into some sort of teaching, publishing, whatever. You could be going and working, you know, applying for jobs. It could be as simple as that. In, the, in that arena, it might be that you have to go and retrain. It might be that you need, uh, I don't really know what you need for that sort of thing, but it might be that you need examples of your work or something. Um, it might be that you just get into your own garden and start doing, maybe you already do that, get, you know, get good at it and start tinkering around and um, make sure, you know, then the one good thing, you know, parallel there with what I did with Bite Size was I was still doing my main job while I dabbled with bite size bio and that enabled me to figure out whether it was something I actually wanted to do without taking too much of a risk to begin with so you could do that it depends on what the exact scenario is um, and if you don't have a clue how to get into uh, you know there's always forums for people who are in that um, that career and you could start asking them how how would they advise you got into it great answer yep uh, horticulture I think <clears throat> yep and uh, so the next question uh, this one's from uh, Natalie says, very inspiring talk. Thank you. How do you keep your confidence while facing drawbacks in your career? Um, I would say, there's a quote, isn't there? I can't remember what, I can't remember who it's by and I can't remember the exact wording, but it's something like, if you, um, if you have the why, then you can deal with anyhow, right? So as long as you know, you're going in the right direction and, 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 you know, and this drawback happens, then you, you know, because it's part of your, it's the pathway that you've chosen, then you just have to crunch through that drawback and gain, gain confidence in yourself from doing it. Um, confidence is, you know, I, I think that a lot of people think that confidence is something that you are given or you generate for yourself or, or something like that. Actually, it's just something you choose. You can choose to have confidence in yourself or not. And so if you, the main thing, again, from this talk is to be point, to make sure you're only orientated in the right direction in your career. If you're doing that and you're at a particularly hard part, then, um, then you know, just keep going. Just do, that's the baby steps thing. Take, keep going through that uh, fog to get to, to where, you know, as long as you think you're going in the direction that you want to be going. I'm doing the job that I want to be doing. If you asked me 10 years ago, would I have... Uh, wanted to be doing that I would have said yes I still have drawbacks all the time it's not going to stop but uh, dealing with them and moving to the next level is is what it's all about really great thanks Um, so uh, our next question comes from Madi Madhurima who says, after my PhD and postdoc, I joined a molecular biology company as a technical support scientist, which often involves a good amount of sales-related activities. Sometimes I feel my scientific entity is suppressed under profit and loss goals. I look forward to any suggestions you might have to overcome this. So, okay. So, 
again, if you're just applying the principles here, there's a few things that you do have here. You feel like, so you mentioned having uh, your scientific entity, right? So you, you feel an affinity towards being a scientist. So that's part of the direction. You're, you're in the right direction. It's just that you're, you know, this, the, the company pressures um, sometimes are, have to be, are, are put first in, that, in the arena that you're in. So the question is, is that, does that overwhelm the direction you want to be in? Or is this just a part of the the deal, right? I um, again, I, I can all I can do is give you experience uh, advice on on how I've dealt with situations like that and the principles, and then you kind of apply them yourself. For me, again, I'm doing the job I want to do. I'm doing the job that I've chosen to do. I'm running a company, and so sometimes profit and loss, profit and loss goals have to get. That's what I have to think about first. I don't want to be doing that, but it's part of the deal. There's no getting away with it. So. However, if it became that that was the only thing that was the, the only consideration and I wasn't getting any fulfillment, then that would be a big red flag and it'd be time to move. And I would suggest that that's probably a similar situation for you. It's do those profit and loss goals, as you're calling them, do they make it so that you can't get the fulfillment that you want out of the job? And in which case, then start looking for other directions. It sounds like you're part of the way there, though, because you know what you want. Okay, uh, I think this next question is uh, really important, actually. This comes from Anna, who says, does age matter um, when it comes to starting a different career path? Uh, I would say no. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that uh, regardless of where, where you are and what age you are and what career path you're on, there are always 100 opportunities there to go in a different direction. So it's about choosing which, you know, about choosing which uh, you know what, what you think what you think matters to you really um, you only have one life and as you get older you realize that more and more and so it's what's more important is to is to play by the rules and um, you know stay safe or is it to go and enjoy that life as much as possible so I, I would say if anything that probably gets more important as you get older <laughs> <laughs> yep Okay, um, so uh, the next one, uh, Nick, is from Carla, who says, and by the way, there have been so many uh, complimentary comments about the talk, so uh, I think it's been very well received. The next Good. one's from Carla that says, nice talk. I'm fascinated with bioinformatics, but I think that I lack the skills, mainly because I'm from a different background, which is physiology. I've tried talking to one and hopefully more experts, but I find this intimidating. Any advice on approaching someone in the field that you want to transition to, into? Uh, I would say, first of all, just, just going on the very small amount of information that's there, the first person you need to speak to about making that transition is yourself, um, because you sound like you are looking for some expert in the field to, to validate the fact that you want to do this and you have the ability. Um, you do have the ability. If you're, you know, if you can, you're a clever enough person to get this far, then you can relearn bioinformatics. And the fact that you're drawn to it and fascinated by it will make it easier for you to learn it. So the first thing I would do is to make the decision that I want, that's what I want to do and, and just choose to be confident about it. Then take whatever steps. And what, one of those steps could be um, starting to speak to people in the field about, uh, about what, you, you know, what, you, what the steps would be or whatever. Um, that could be. 
Uh, it could be that you want to just go and do some sort of course on it to try and get some fundamentals in the bag and give you um, give you some additional confidence uh, and, and a place to start. Um, I'm not quite sure what you what what you have on board in terms of that, but if you have skills skills that you could apply in a professional setting, then definitely start speaking to people and say how can I start using these to start uh, moving in this direction. Um, if you don't have any any skills that could be used in a professional setting, I would say the next step is um, is is probably some training. Um, but but again, the first point is choose is you've you've made you know if you look at those those uh, principles, you've realised you need to change direction. You're ready to make um, to make the move in that direction, but you're uh, you're you this. The next step that's missing is your confidence in yourself, and so I would I would get that, and and you get that just by giving it to yourself. Give yourself permission to start imagining yourself as a buy informatician, mm -hmm. and and off you go. Great advice, thanks, Nick. Uh, this is a, a a lovely question. This um, this is from Louise. What if I'm actually in the job I love? I want uh, I want to stay in the lab, but I want, just want to make it more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, I always get a bit carried away in these this kind of topic because it make it sound like that nobody's doing the job they want to do. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's it, there's always mic some people are exactly where they want to be. Some people want to make micro improvements. Some people need to really be in a different thing, um, uh, you know, a different topic or whatever, a different field. Um, if you just want to move in. Uh, if you just if you're where you want to be, then you're right at the back at the start of, of all those principles, right? Because all you've got to do then is just keep taking the time to just double check with yourself, you know, like once a year or whatever it is, or is this is this the direction I want to be in? Is this the place I want to be? You know, if you're there, all you do is maintain that and just be aware if something changes. And then if if you just want to make where you are better, then there's all sorts of um, different uh, principles and things that you can look at that uh, one thing to look at would be the happy scientist podcast on bite size bio uh it's a uh, you can get that at bitesizebio.com forward slash forward slash podcasts is it podcasts or podcasts let me just check it's pod casts plural podcasts yeah yes. so you'll find the happy scientist on there there are tons of stuff on there about um just making your job more enjoyable and and more fulfilling and, and whatnot where you are this this specific chat is about today about um, making sure your career direction is the one you want to be in. Mm -hmm. okay i think we've got time for uh, one more question uh, nick uh, this one's from craig uh, again thanks great advice today uh, my second postdoc recently ended uh, early suddenly because the institute closed i'm open to jobs outside of the lab but not sure what my first tip should be. I'm taking some time out at the moment to think about the path. What would your first step be? The, the, the first step would be, um, for me, I'm trying to find that question. Okay, yes, okay. The first, the first step for me would be to, um, to make sure that you, you know, the fact that you've closed the, the, the institute, institute is closed is, is an incidental factor. It's not, it shouldn't be a thing that defines what your next career move is. Uh, 
it should be just a, a, a hiccup to get over. So if you were already in the right place, that you, you like the direction you were in, then try and get something that's sideways. Mm-hmm. What this is good thing is that this is doing, and that's the reason why career breaks like this or enforced career breaks like this are really valuable, you know, really great things for some people is it forces you to stop and look around. That's right. So if you're doing the right, if you're, I think you've experienced that as well, Adam. I, I have actually, yeah. And um, so all, all this juncture is, is, you, is you can make a sideways step or you can go into something completely different, but choose now. Use the opportunity to um, to to take the time out and for, for, think about um, what I was talking about there. What excites you? Let me let me just see what the the, the exact wording was. Uh, what do you care about? What do you get excited about? And how do you want to be remembered? Right, that's a bit dramatic that last one, but it's um, it's the big questions that make you think about why am I doing what I do and what would I like to be? And then if it turns out that you want to um, if it turns out that you want to change direction, then you start applying these principles to try and help you begin to make the um, to make the transition. But it may well be that you're happy where you are. Yeah, no, that's great. And certainly from my experience, having that that sudden break uh, made me reevaluate, you know, and, and I realized that that's not where I wanted to be. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, super. All right. Well, I think that brings us to the end of, of today's webinar. Nick, thanks again for a, a fantastic presentation and a great discussion. And finally, thanks to you, the audience, for taking the time to attend and listen in. So until next time, good luck in your career and goodbye from all of us at Bitesize Bio. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Listen In from Bite Size Bio. To view the full presentation of this webinar or to browse the Listen In series, please see the episode description for links. Finding the right mentor can make all the difference in your research journey. But what if you don't have one? Look no further than Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast that offers curated advice from experienced researchers on lab skills, techniques, and career progression. With short, easy-to-access episodes, you can get the help you need to succeed in the lab. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Mentors at Your Benchside in your podcast app to subscribe and get help and advice from seasoned scientists. 